Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Hey, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. On key and everything. Ah, thanks. Uh, did that, like, astonish you or something, that I was on key? Okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but you know what? Holiday stress, um, it might be getting the best of you. You get a little bit snippy with each other, and there's pressure. And like, you spent how much money? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. That never happens to you. It only happens in my family. Well, hey, but listen, the goal of Christmas is not to collapse on December 26th out of breath and out of cash. Uh, that cannot be God's plan. So today, being with today and over the next couple of Sundays, including December 25th when we're doing church at home, wherever you are, I'm going to challenge you to enjoy Christmas in the city from a fresh perspective. So get those Bibles open to Luke chapter number two. Luke number what? Two. two. Luke two. Luke two. Luke two. Thank you very much. I believe that God created um, he, he, he kind of like he crafted celebration in and of itself to be a catalyst for next steps in our lives. So, I mean, talking about that, talking about Christmas, and, and to get this whole thing going uh, today, we're going to start off with the Ten Commandments of Christmas. Now, normally, we would, you know, you might think we'd do the regular Ten Commandments. Well, we've created these other fun Ten Commandments for Christmas, but I think they're, they're really good. So take, take a look at Commandment 1. Here are the Ten. Here's Commandment number 1. It is... Thou shalt not put any other holiday traditions or celebrations, and not even Santa Claus, above the celebration of Jesus' birth and the deep meaning of his life, his teachings, and his sacrifices. Simple. Number two, thou shalt look at thy life. You like the way we have to with the thous and the thys? It sounds so good, doesn't it? Thou shalt look at thy life and make at least one positive change as your gift to Jesus as, for his birthday celebration. Thou shalt have as many traditions, many traditions, lots, especially those types of traditions that remind you of Jesus giving service to others and bringing your family closer together. Commandment number four, thou shalt remember those who are alone and help them to have a merry Christmas also. Commandment number five, thou shalt give gifts of Fort Worth. No, no. Gifts of worth. Well, that would be a good gift to people, wouldn't it be? Uh, gifts of worth and not merely add to another's collection of clutter simply for the sake of giving a gift. Give of yourself, which is the way Jesus gave. Thou shalt value the effort and thought put into gifts that are received. Just as with the widow's might, it is the meaning that gives a gift value, not the dollar amount paid. Number seven, commandment seven is this. Thou shalt give no gift grudgingly or because you have to. This doesn't mean to not give the gift to someone, but work until you have changed your own attitude. Number eight, here we go. Thou shalt not become so busy that you don't have time to really enjoy the holiday season. That's a biggie for us in the city. And number nine, thou shalt remember that all of the beautiful and expensive gifts, what children want and need most, is honor, respect, love, and your time. Your kids need that. And number 10, above all, 
Thou shalt find a way to keep the spirit of the Christmas season and of giving all through the year. I'm going to put these up on my, uh, probably like on my personal Facebook profile later on, but, but, but that's just kind of a good way to think about Christmas. It helps to readjust our minds. See, because Christmas is a time of celebration. It's, it's the arrival of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, something that would change history. So we, we celebrate that birthday. It's a little over 24 years ago, Rebecca and I had a celebration in Lancaster, Texas over the arrival of our first son, Preston. It was a perfect pregnancy followed by a frightening delivery that went forever, ending in an emergency C-section. And she didn't remember any of it until she woke up the next day. But regardless, we celebrated and we still celebrate every year at that time. A little over 20 years ago, Rebecca and I had another celebration with the arrival of our second son, Devin. We prayed that it wouldn't be the same, and, and so it wasn't. So he surprised us by arriving a month early, and his lungs weren't fully developed, and, and it was oh, kind of crazy, but, but we still celebrated, and we still, we still celebrate today, that special day. Well, a little over 17 years ago, Rebecca and I had yet a third celebration with the arrival of our third son, Ian. Perfect pregnancy, perfect delivery wonderful. In fact, even while she was in labor, I thought, I'm going to sneak down to the restaurant and have some food. And I did. I actually snuck out, went to a restaurant, came back. She never even knew. And it was, it was, well, until she asked me what I ate, and she was in labor, and I said, tacos. She goes, they sell that in the cafeteria? I said, no. I said, where'd you get tacos? I said, La Calle Dose restaurant uh, in Dallas. Oh, okay, I see. But we celebrated that day, and we still celebrate with tacos. You know, for birthdays around our house, we like to pull out the stops and have fun because truth is, those men that God has brought into our family, they're men now, uh, they just mean so much to us. I, I believe that their lives have destiny and there's legacy that I believe each one of them are going to be carrying on and they're here for a purpose and so we celebrate the day of their arrival. But now Christmas is on us and in our culture, this culture we live in, we celebrate Christmas not just on a day but for basically a whole month. Isn't that right? Now, I know some people say, oh, it's too much, it's too, whatever. I don't think we should celebrate that much. Hey, let me just put it out this way. No celebration is too big for Jesus. And, and, and I also believe, though, that the time of celebration is really, and I want you to begin to see it this way, it's a time of positioning for us for that next big step. Because I believe with all my heart, it's actually part of God's strategy for your future because God uses holidays to position us for the next big step. In fact, it's in the scriptures that way. Some, some, a lot of people don't even think about this, but God actually commands holiday celebrations. Did you know that? It's true. I, I, you know, they're really, back in, back in the early days of America, some didn't want to celebrate Christmas because they didn't think it was, it was a right thing to even celebrate any holidays. Well, they missed a big part of the Bible because the Bible commands this in the Old Testament. Now, I know it's in the Old Testament and it's not mandatory for us today, but holiday celebrations were God's idea. And that's pretty cool, right? So really, a holiday is a holy day. You take a look at the word, and you look at its two affixes, holy and day. And that's how I choose to celebrate Christmas. Celebrate. That, that word holy means this. It means a day that is set apart, a day that is consecrated. It's dedicated for a specific purpose. It's holy. 
Now, the Old Testament is full of types and shadows about what kingdom living is all about. And in Deuteronomy chapter 16, I'm not going to make you turn there, but because but, uh, we're going to stay in Luke too, but I discovered some basic principles on what God's idea of holidays is all about. And I, I love what's in there because when you begin to see, you see the richness of what God intends for us. He doesn't force it on us, but he intends it for us. And, and I think if you, even if you look at this passage like I'm going to show it with, to you today, you'll begin to see that there are principles in there that we need to be living out. And, and certain things we just need to relax and free up ourselves and say it's okay to do these things because it's actually part of God's plan. Deuteronomy chapter 16, I'm, I'm reading this from the message version of the Bible. It says in verse 12, it says, don't forget, important words, say don't forget, that you were once a slave in Egypt, so be diligent in observing these regulations. The regulations are actually the regulations to celebrate. Isn't that kind of funny? You must celebrate. It is the law. That is what God was saying here. And now he says, observe. Say observe. Observe, observe the feast. Say feast. feast. And the words I'm saying, having you say are important. The feast of booths for seven days when you gather for the harvest, the threshing full at your wine vat. And then it says, rejoice. Say that. Rejoice at your festival. You, your son, your daughter, your servant, your maid, your Levite, that means the preachers, <laughs> the foreigner, the orphans, the widows, and those who live in your neighborhood. Here's the next word. Say this word with me. It's underlined. Celebrate. Come on, say it again. Celebrate the feast of God, your God, for seven days of the place God designates. God, your God, has been a blessing in your harvest and all your work. So make a day of it. God's blessed you. And then say these next two words with me. Really celebrate. Come on, say it. Really celebrate. That's in the Bible. So I want us to have a little bit of fun with this passage. Uh, I had you repeat the words that are really important because they actually, they actually embrace the spirit of the holiday celebration that God intended. And, and that, that first word is that word feast. See, in fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 16, it talks about bread and produce. It talks about roasted meat. In fact, the word feast is found seven times in that whole chapter about the orders of the celebrations. So, in other words, hey, it's Christmas. Eat and, and have a good time doing it. But, but when you eat, it's not just for the sake of tasty food. I encourage you to have the tradition of having a very special, unique meal somehow with the people you love, and like the scriptures tell us, even the people that you choose. Because what happens around the table there is there's a chemistry that develops, and you begin to talk about, about reminisce about these best times and the worst times and the good and the bad and the crazy, and really you begin to talk about how you made it through, and you laugh and you jab each other. Around our house, we'll probably retell some stories. I know we will. We do this every time we get around the table, and it's, it's interesting. I, I was just thinking one of the stories that we'll probably get retold was when we lived in Missouri, um, the, the boys went out to make a snowman. It was the first big snow of the year. It was a sticky snow, so that was good. So you could make a snowman from it. And, and, uh, but the, they, they actually didn't consider the area where they were making the snowman because it was the, that was a part of the yard that the dogs used as, as their um, fertilizer place, uh, restroom. Uh. <laughs> well, my, my, my oldest son, who was you know, quite young at the time, maybe eight years old, he was so proud of his work of art. He called me and said, Daddy, come out and see it. And, and so and Devin and Ian was out there. Ian was just a you know, little kid. was just kind of walking around. And, and th th there were these huge brown spots all over the snowman. I, I'm telling you guys, dog dung. And he was beaming. And I was trying to be excited, kind of hoping the neighbors weren't looking around. And, and, uh, and I just thought, oh, well, no biggie. The snowman will melt away and disappear in a couple of days. But no, that winter, once it got cold, it stayed cold. It didn't melt. But it would just melt just a tiny bit when the sun came out. 
And the brown spots didn't shrink, they seeped. So I'd go out each day and I'd get some snow from the yard and I would try to patch the brown spots. It would look good and come back the next day and the brown spots would still be there except bigger because that had actually caused it to seep more. It's it's interesting how it works. The snow melts and evaporates. The brown spots get bigger. They don't evaporate. And you can imagine what Frosty looked like after about four weeks. But see, when the Woody family, there's nothing you can do about it. It's there. When the Woody family sits down at Christmas celebrations, we know where the, where the talk is going to go. And we're going to relive some memories. But those are times of reflection where God actually begins. We laugh and we play, but it actually begins to stir up faith for tomorrow because that's what happens when you begin to have those conversations because holidays are part of God's strategy to position you for your future. Holy days position you for your next big step. Another part of the celebration is to simply have a good time. Verse 14 says, rejoice at your feast. In other words, have fun. You you might be down because of what this year has dished out to you. Uh, Some of you, you've experienced tremendous loss this year, and there's pain. I understand. In fact, we've all been there at holiday times, and the truth is, that's where you can receive some healing today. God God can lift your spirits if you will choose to allow him to. God will be your strength. He can turn your mourning into dancing as we even celebrate Christmas here today. He can turn your tears into laughter. He can turn your sorrow into shouts of joy. See, the God we celebrate at Christmas can transform your depression into fresh optimism and faith for your 5X future. And he can do it at this Christmas celebration today. And you'll be able to simply haul off and have a good time this Christmas. It's interesting because I was reading in the Bible this week in 1 Samuel chapter 10, and it just jumped out at me, just my daily Bible reading. But after Saul was anointed the king of Israel, the prophet told him that he had to go and find a, a joyful procession where priests and Levites were, were there. They were celebrating and singing and playing instruments. And, 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 and the, the prophet said, when you go and celebrate with them At that moment, you will become a new man. Powerful. See, getting into the procession is part of God's strategy for your future because he uses holy days to position you for your next big step. I don't understand how it works, but it's all through the scriptures. The Bible literally says part of the anatomy of of, of a holiday is feasting, yes, having a good time, but also to celebrate. And that's different than just having a great time. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 16, follow carefully these decrees, celebrate, (laughs) I like it, rejoice before the Lord your God, be joyful for seven days, celebrate, your joy will be complete. In other words, throw a party, find a way, throw a little party, big party, it doesn't matter. On Sunday the 25th, Christmas Day, we're having our church where you are gatherings at 10 and 11.30, and it's just another way that you can assemble some people together and celebrate Christmas together. Even though we might likely be scattered all across the United States, and some of you may even be so brave as to go into that frigid Arctic circle of Canada (laughs) or Minnesota. (laughs) Crazy. But create a celebration that will launch you into your destiny, which is coming your way in 2017. This Christmas, I'm saying, guys, celebrate. It's part of God's strategy for your future. God uses these holy days to position us for the next big step. 
So the holiday has to do with feasting and having a great time and celebrating, but it also has to do with giving. In fact, six times the spirit of giving is talked about in Deuteronomy 16. It says that we're supposed to give of offerings and we're supposed to give gifts, two different things. In fact, our 5X offerings, they're continuing to come in. I just gave another 5X offering just a few minutes ago. And it's a pure joy to continue to sow seed, expecting growth in me and in our church in 2017. As a result, even of your 5X offerings, we've been able to bless our City Life ministry friend, Gail McWilliams. This Christmas, many of you know, she has discovered that she has cancer. And and, uh, we're sending an offering to encourage her. She's a ministry partner of ours who ministers in the corporate world. The light and the life of Jesus stood on this platform a few months ago as she battles cancer. This week, we put Jack up into a hotel to get him out of the cold. It was just simply a, a gift of family love to him. And our missionaries, John and Audra Williams, uh, they, John texted me at 4 a.m. this morning saying that just got word that we, our business visa is coming in. We're not going to be in church today because we're packing. We're leaving to go to Ethiopia to get it back on the mission field tomorrow, Monday, and, and I'm so grateful that we were able to sow a huge financial seed right into their ministry before they head back overseas and take their brand new little baby with them. See, one of the best ways to get yourself out of the holiday funk is to give. Giving is a holy way of celebrating Christmas. So give, positioning yourself for that next big step. So the anatomy of a holy day is to feast, have a great time, celebrate, give, and it's also to remember why we celebrate. See, the holiday celebration actually reminds us of what God has done and what he's going to do. God brought you through 2016, and he's not going to leave you stranded in 2017. Your 5X faith dreams are going to come to pass. You are not destined to stay where you are. Your destiny is forward-focused, and you will be victorious, guys. It might seem dark, I know, but that's sometimes a place God takes you through. Isn't the summer, late summer of 2008, God clearly spoke to me to resign the large ministry that I was leading in Missouri and to go home. I just remember these words so clearly, go home and start something new in the heart of a large city in the south. So I came home to the Metroplex and excited, thrilled about the new things God had ahead for us. It was a big move, it was a faith move. But by Christmas, things seemed a whole lot worse than we could ever imagine. That faith step caused us to have no income. I have a family of five to provide for, and we found ourselves living in an 80-year-old shack, not really insulated, in the woods in Midlothian, filled with mice, surrounded by snakes and bobcats and coyotes. That was not part of my dream. At the same time, all, it just seemed like it was an avalanche. We, we faced betrayal of close friendships. Bill collectors were starting to call. Our savings was rapidly depleting much quicker than what I had anticipated. And, and uh, we didn't even have enough space in that little house to put up a Christmas tree. Our boxes were everywhere. No decorations were even up. Truth is, I didn't even feel like celebrating because everything seemed like it was going so wrong and I was in a whole lot of pain. I remember Christmas Eve of 2008, Rebecca looked at me. She said, Tim, we've got a few little gifts for the kids. Will you please just get us a Christmas tree? So 
I begrudgingly went to Walmart, and I got a little maybe three-foot, two-and-a-half-foot Christmas tree that was on clearance for $10, and I bought a strand of, I think, like 35 lights or 36 lights and put them on the tree. Rebecca had a few gifts for the boys, and she simply just put them into some hefty trash bags. And then on Christmas morning, we simply found a way to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. As I read the Christmas story, the boys opened up their bags. But in my pain, that Christmas, something happened because I forced myself to celebrate. Because at that moment, and I remember it as even as I was reading the Christmas story, it seemed to break the spirit of depression that was hanging over me. And, and that dark Christmas day was actually a catalyst for my future that I will never forget. I'm telling you guys, celebrate it. It's part of God's strategy for your future. God uses holy days to position you for your next big step. It's cool because within a year, by the next year, things had changed so much. Uh, by that time, the next Christmas, my son Ian found himself in the lead role at a Christmas production. And, and he was the one who got to go all the way up to the top of the ladder and, and put the big star on the tree. And, and, and Christmas joy had returned the way that I knew it. You know, the celebrations of Christmas can be amazing. Sometimes they're great and wonderful. Sometimes they're quiet and subdued. I was just thinking the other day about years earlier. I remember in, in 2005, my wife and I, we planned the most extravagant Christmas celebration ever. We, we celebrated our Christmas on Christmas Eve, and, and Rebecca and I packed our bags and, and bags for the boys, and we told the boys, uh, we, we pulled them out of bed early on Christmas morning when it was still very, very dark, and we told them we need, they needed to get into the car because we were going to have some donuts. And as we were on our way to get the donuts, uh, we, we took the exit to go to the airport. And I remember Preston saying, I didn't know they had a donut shop in, the, in there. Uh, where's the donut shop? And we just said, it's all right. It's all right. There's donuts in there. And we went in there and we got in there and found a little donut shop in the airplane airport just before we boarded our flight for Orlando, Florida to celebrate Christmas at Disney World. And we created memories and we celebrated every day. I remember it was a celebration every day of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this season. It's, it's a tradition in our home that no gifts are to be opened until we all sit around the Christmas tree and listen to the Christmas story as I read it from the book of Luke and then offer a prayer of thanksgiving to God. My daddy instilled that tradition in me. I'm passing it along to my kids. See, Jesus will be in the right place in our family this Christmas, and will he be in your celebration? I hope so, because it's part of God's strategy for your future, because he uses the holy day to position you for your next big step. Now look in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Scripture tells us the story, part of the story that I'm going to be reading to my family in a few days, two weeks from today. The story goes like this. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
But think about it. The angels appeared to shepherds. That was actually a year when everything seemed to go wrong for Mary and Joseph. A year of promise, yet a year of seeming disaster because Joseph had to hide because his fiancée had become pregnant. They had to travel about a week's journey to pay taxes of all things. And Mary even had to make the trip in spite of her full-term pregnancy. And they got there. There was no hotel. There was no Airbnb. There was nowhere to stay. Think about it, guys. They ended up in a barn. Merry Christmas. Mary, Mary then found herself in labor, giving birth. Think of this, to the most precious child ever to be born on this earth, the Son of God, in a nasty, smelly, filthy, bacteria-laden, infected animal stable. And then she had to lay the Son of God into a feeding trough. All that in the silence of the evening and the frustration. You can imagine there were tears. Joseph feeling like, why can't I provide better for her? And then God decided they needed some company that night to celebrate. So what did he do? He sent some poverty-stricken, smelly shepherds. Hey, guys, celebrations are not based upon how wonderful things are in your life right now. They're based upon what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do. Don't let your current circumstances dictate your celebration. Who was at Jesus' birthday celebration? Dirty animals and filthy shepherds. Yet that celebration was the launching pad for a revolution that you and I are still participating in that has swept the world. So celebrate because it is part of God's strategy for your future. God uses these holy days to position you for your next big step. I'm telling you guys, God has big plans for you. Launch a celebration because your next big step is right around the corner. I'd like for there to be no movement at this time. Leaders, I'd like for you to pray because this is the most important part of today. Will you please just close your eyes and focus on Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life completely to Jesus. Maybe over the course of your life you've drifted from relationship with God. And if you want to know this Jesus that I'm talking about it. If you want a new beginning, if you're ready to embrace your God-given purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you want to be included in this closing prayer and surrender your life completely to Jesus, I'm simply going to ask you to raise your hand. Because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly. God gave you this gift of eternal life. It's found in Jesus. Jesus will erase every sane stain of sin in your life and he'll give you a fresh start. So will you give yourself to Jesus this Christmas? That's you. You're ready to give your life completely to Jesus. Will you lift your hand so I can pray with you? Lift it up so I can see it. I want to pray with you. You're going to give your life to Jesus. Thank you. Who else? I choose to give my life to Jesus today, Pastor. I want the stain of sin gone. It's time for a new beginning for me. Lift your hand.
Let's pray. I want everyone to stand. Every, please, everyone standing. If you raised your hand, I want you, along with everyone else in this room, to pray these words with me. Come on, pray it out with me. Come on, everybody. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to let you love me. And I will love you in return. This Christmas, I will celebrate you. And I will position myself for my next huge step. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.